G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Realfaith.org.au Another aspect of the story I love is this. He'd been trained, initially saved and then trained by these extremely erudite Christian men. Hammond, Ridley, Thompson, who'd been to Bible college and had university degrees and so forth. They all said, look, at the end of the day, Arthur reached far more people than we ever did. Welcome to Real Faith. Conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith with Eric Scatterbo. Well, today we have more of our conversation with Roy Williams, who's sharing the incredible story of Arthur Stace, who's become one of the most influential Christians in Australian history. This is quite remarkable because he mainly became famous for doing one thing, which was writing the word eternity in chalk on the streets of Sydney for over 30 years. But as we'll hear today, God used this humble man to impact possibly more lives than anyone else for the sake of Christianity in Australia. And it all began when Arthur heard a sermon by John Ridley called Echoes of Eternity. Where will you spend eternity? Turn and believe this very hour. But at the end of the sermon, Ridley um, announced this incredible old-fashioned voice which you don't hear anymore half Australian, half English, I wish that I could sound or shout this word to the streets of Sydney. Now, Arthur took up the challenge. He he came out of the church that night, happened to have a stick of chalk in his pocket, for some reason or other that no one quite knows why. And he wrote, he kneeled down on the pavement and wrote the word eternity on the corner, Burton Street, Darlinghurst. And that was his first time. Mm -hmm. And he looked at it and Gee, that looks pretty good. It was in his copper plate handwriting. I believe he learned at Goldman Public School. Mm-hmm. And he was inspired. He was inspired that night. Well, that's that's what I'm going to do. I am going to get that word, that message across to the people of Sydney. And from that day forward, every day, the rest of his life, more or less, he went out, usually in the morning, anonymously, writing that word on the streets of Sydney. By the end of his life, he'd covered every suburb in Sydney and many country towns in New South Wales. And eventually it became noticed. So he did that for 35 years. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the impact. You know, here you're somebody living in Sydney. Like, what's with this word eternity all over the place? What's going on here? (laughs) Exactly. Now, What uh, impact did that have? Well, um, you first start picking it up in the newspapers of the 1940s, Mm -hmm. these columns start to appear saying, who is this man or woman? They didn't know who it was. Oh, it became a big mystery. It became a big mystery. Oh, okay. And it's the Sydney newspapers of the 40s and the first half of the 1950s are full of it. Mm -hmm. Who is this man? And there are all sorts of theories about who he was and why he was doing it and discussion of what the message meant. 
What did they think it was a spiritual message? I mean, were they getting it? Yeah, many, many did. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, in those days, I think a greater proportion of the population were, were attuned to the Christian message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, there was there was some light-hearted sort of secular commentary, you know. And of course, Arthur was a mystery. Mm-hmm. He did it for twenty-four years without anyone knowing who he was. So he didn't want any attention to himself. No, he was a very humble man. Mm-hmm. He wanted the emphasis to be on the message. And eventually his pastor at the tabernacle, because Arthur switched from the Church of England to the Baptists, Church of England weren't, weren't uh, enough of them weren't fiery enough for him. So he went, he huh. went over to the Baptists. Yeah. And he, he started to attend the very church at which he had heard the Eternity Sermon, the Burton Street Tabernacle mm-hmm. in Darlinghurst. Anyway, um, a new pastor came along in the early 50s, a man by the name of Lyle Thompson, sort of the third Christian hero of the story. So you've got, apart from Arthur himself, you've got Hammond, you've got Ridley, and the third is Thompson. His daughter was my co-author okay. uh, of, of the book, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. So Lyle Thompson was Arthur's pastor and became one of his closest friends in the 1950s. Now, Lyle knew for five years that Arthur was Mr. Eternity because he'd spotted him doing it one day when they were out on a a street mission. So you're the guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He actually said to him, Arthur, are you Mr. Eternity? Because everyone knew Mr. Eternity, but didn't know who it was. Are you Mr. Eternity? And Arthur famously said, guilty, Your Honour. (laughs) But you won't tell anyone, will you? So Lyle Thompson for five years was trying to persuade Arthur to go public because he could tell. He was a very intelligent, educated man. He could tell this is an amazing story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could be a great Christian evangelistic story. I've got to get him to tell it. But Arthur wouldn't give permission uh, for various reasons. Yeah, why, um, why he, besides being humble, why did he not want people um, to know and so he could explain what the word yeah, eternity meant? Yeah, I think he... Um, it's a good question. It's a good question. I've pondered it. One possibility is he would have had to start talking about his backstory. Oh, um, okay. Of which he was ashamed. He would oh, also, okay. yeah. Would have, some of his sisters and brothers were still alive and it would have kind of embarrassed them, mm. possibly. But I think it was more that he just didn't want the distraction. You know, he just he liked the way he did it, which was to go out at dawn. And as an aside, what was his life while he wasn't writing in Chalk Eternity? Okay, good, great question. Uh, so he cleaned up his act. Mm-hmm. He's no longer an alcoholic. He became employable again. And apart from working for Hammond, he started to take paying jobs, very humble ones. Um, for example, he took a job for some years as caretaker and lift operator at the Red Cross's offices in, in Sydney CBD. He also was the caretaker of the Baptist Tabernacle. I mean, he was paid a pittance, but that, along with his um, war pension, was enough to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. He also, now this is another aspect of the Arthur story, he also got married late in life. Mm-hmm. When he was 55, he married a lady called Pearl, Pearl Dawson. He was one of 15 children, if you don't mind. Um, it's a different oh, era. Oh, wow, big family. Yeah. Uh, she proposed to Arthur was the story because huh. she knew he'd never have the courage to ask her. He'd never think that he was worthy. Hmm. Um, it's a lovely story. Anyway, she must have known, obviously, once they married. Um, 
They were married by Hammond. She saw all those uh, pieces of chalk there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she 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 got up to give him breakfast and send him on his way. You know, each morning when he went out on these um, trips for some hours. But another reason he did it in the morning was because he had to hold down jobs hmm. during the day. So he did it in the morning and left the message a lot around railway stations, bus shelters, you know, places where he knew the most number of people would would go so they'd, mm-hmm. they'd see the word. And so, so there's a lot of uh, traveling involved in this. There is. There mm-hmm. is. And he, ne- he never owned a car. He never learned to drive. He, he had to do it largely on foot or if mm-hmm. he went further, he'd get a tram or a, a bus or a train. Um, I wonder if he got a kick out of seeing the articles in the newspaper. Well, we know he did <laughs> because for the book we, we tracked down some people there were a few people at the church, at the tabernacle, who knew he was Mr. Eternity, who he'd sworn to secrecy, one lady in particular. And there'd be an article appear and someone would be theorising. I reckon this is a retired school teacher, I think. And Arthur would chuckle and say, oh, I'm a retired school teacher today. Uh, but he kept swearing people to secrecy. But mm. eventually, eventually what happened in 1956 was this. Lyle Thompson who was considerably younger than Arthur, had a coronary and it looked as though he was going to die. Arthur came to visit him in hospital and almost as his dying wish, he said, look, Arthur, will you please, please let me tell your story? Hmm. And Arthur at that point, he loved Thompson by this stage. Mm-hmm. He still didn't really want it, but he said, all right, okay, for you, I'll, I'll do it. And then within a day or two, Thompson arranged for his wife to write to the Sunday Telegraph. The Sunday Telegraph could see a scoop and sent out their absolute gun reporter in that year mm-hmm. to interview Arthur and Pearl at their tiny little house in uh, Piermont, which is still there, by the way. People mm-hmm. can go and look at it. And the story ran on Sunday, the 24th of June, 1956, double-page spread. The mystery is solved. Mystery is sold. That was the headline. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I nailed and it. it. Was a big, and then, and then for the next eleven years, the final eleven years of his life, there were lots of articles about him. He became a celebrity. Um, now, was he able to explain the significance of the word eternity? So it's was. an opportunity to share the gospel. He was. He mm-hmm. was, and he did. Mm-hmm. See, Arthur, although had this dreadful background, he he was far from unintelligent, and. Uh, by then, he'd been well-schooled by men of the church, Hammond, Ridley, Thompson, and could, could articulate the basics very, very well and in this magnificent old-style Aussie battler language. And people mm-hmm. loved him for it. You know, mm-hmm. He was obviously sincere. Mm-hmm. Even in the most cynical journos could tell, now, this, this guy's fair dinkum. And uh, he always got a very good press. And... Um, there's one surviving radio interview that he did right near the end of his life, 1964, which you can listen to online, mm-hmm. where Arthur's interviewed and he's asked, why do you do it? Why have you done this for 30 years or so? And Arthur says, well, I believe we're on this earth to either be a help or a hindrance. And mm-hmm. for me, for me, Letting people know that there's an eternity to face is a wonderful thing to do mm-hmm. because you've got to face it. Mm-hmm. That was Ridley's line in the sermon. You've mm-hmm. got to face it sooner or later. 
and how are you going to spend eternity? Mr. Page, how long ago did you start doing this? About 20 years ago. And what started you off? I was listening to a man one day in Burton Street Baptist Church, a man called John Ridley, the Australian evangelist. And he was preaching on eternity. And he said these words, eternity, eternity, where, oh, where would you spend eternity? The Lord laid it on my heart, burdened to go out and write eternity. I went straight out. I've been writing for 20 years. That's Arthur Stace being interviewed in 1964 and sharing why he began writing the word eternity on the streets of Sydney. We'll have more of Roy Williams sharing Arthur's story and about Arthur's tremendous legacy when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back. I'm Eric Scadabo, and today, once again, I'm chatting with Roy Williams, who's the co-author of the book, Mystery Eternity, the story of Arthur Stace. Roy's sharing Arthur's incredible life journey and how he went from being a down-on-his-luck street person struggling with alcoholism to becoming one of the most influential Christians in Australian history. Now here's more of Arthur's inspiring story. And the amazing thing is that in his life he reached hundreds of thousands, if not millions, but after his death he literally reached billions because that message on the Harbour Bridge at the millennium, that went around the world. Yeah. Because Sydney was the focus because we were the first big city in the world. Yeah, yeah, yep. I remember that. The millennium, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that message was seen by billions around the world, including by a lot of Australians overseas, big-name Australians overseas, who, who were incredibly impressed, and it snowballed from there. Yeah, can, can we just focus yeah. on the uh, Sydney Harbour Bridge story? What's the story behind the word being on the bridge for the New Year's okay. Eve celebration? Well, got to go back to about 1990. In 1990, the eternity story was revived. So... After Arthur's death, there was a flurry of, of interest, but then it kind of... Well, when did he died? die? 1967. Mm-hmm. The story kind of went a bit on the back burner in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. But in 1990, the artist Martin Sharp, great Australian artist, started using it... Well, he started using it earlier, but in 1990, he did this painting, which was used commercially, just of the word eternity, a stylized mm-hmm. version of Arthur's word for a merchandise uh, man by the name of Remo. He owned a store in Darlinghurst in Sydney and uh, started to produce T-shirts and other products with Arthur's Eternity on it in the Martin Sharp style. And it it, it became a huge success. I I remember this when I was Mm -hmm. 
much younger back in those days. Everyone had an eternity T-shirt. Really? I mean, even non-Christians? Yes, yes. It became the trendy thing to do. So yeah. the Arthur story became known to a whole new generation yeah. of Australians, including a lot of movers and shakers in the arts and cultural scene. So you had another breakthrough was the making of a documentary film in 1994 called Eternity, which premiered at the Sydney Film Festival and ultimately went around the world. Mm -hmm. And you had Arthur's theme picked up in a succession of cultural settings, poems, songs, and the like. So by the late 90s, in the lead up to the um, millennium, it was back in the, it was part of the zeitgeist again. Yeah, it, it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was yeah. cool. Now, now, the story is the big celebrations, the guy in charge, a man named Ignatius Jones, was one of the senior men in charge of the uh, putting the celebrations together. And he tells the story. One day they were brainstorming, what are we going to put on the bridge? We've got the fireworks, but we should put some sort of message on the bridge. What are we going to do? According to Ignatius Jones, mm -hmm. some 16-year-old work experience student said, well, what about eternity? Huh. And the, Ignatius Jones, this absolute icon of Australian music and culture, just hold that thought for a second. <laughs> That's not a bad <laughs> idea. And, and eventually, 16-year-old. And we don't know who he is or she. Is that right? Um, we don't. We, we put out an appeal. If you are that person, if you were that work experience student, yeah, come forward. Um, Ignatius can't remember his, his or her name. Hmm. Anyway, they took it up, and everyone loved it. Everyone in Australia loved it, and as I said. At least a couple of billion people around the world saw it. Mm. And since then, the, the legend's been exposed to an even wider range of people in both Christian and secular circles, and the word's been picked up in virtually any context you can name. And uh, all cultural art forms, um, commercial uses, it's been trademarked by the City of Sydney. Oh, wow. Um, is the Tabernacle is now a theatre. It's a, a playhouse called the Eternity Playhouse. It was restored by the Lord Mayor some years ago. It's a magnificent uh, facility. And um, there's another movie out called Written in Chalk, which tells the story, it's partly about Arthur, but also the story of how the word itself has become iconic and why. Um focusing on that aspect of the story and how it still resonates, resonates more mm -hmm. strongly than ever with both Christian and secular people. Yeah, that's amazing that it's succeeding on different levels. Different yes. people are seeing it for different reasons. I mean, it became cool within the art community. I'd imagine yep. the whole spiritual significance of it is completely over their heads or they're not concerned about that. Well, some of them, no, they weren't so much concerned about it, but but even even from a secular perspective, the concept of eternity is obviously a very profound one mm, and philosophers yeah. have dealt with it through recorded history mm, and yeah. um, notions of time and and space and, 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 you know, these are the ultimate questions of physics and, and cosmology. Well, the big questions of life. Correct. The Stephen Hawking questions, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, so there's that aspect to it. Yeah. There's also layered onto it Arthur's story, 
the Australian Aussie battler. Mm-hmm. Uh, From humble beginnings? Yes, as humble as you can get. Mm-hmm. Yep. And his life spanned all these key events in Australian history as sort of the living embodiment of them. You know, the two depressions, the the two world wars, mm-hmm. yep. um, Federation, the rise of the Labor Party, all, all these things he lived through and um, played a role in. And all these things were going on while every day he was writing this word hmm. on the street. While time passed, he was a constant for as long as he lived. So I guess from a Christian perspective, the question would be, that's great. All these people got to see the word eternity. Yep. Any spiritual impact on the lives of people? Yes. Well, Arthur, Arthur pointed to some cases he knew of mm-hmm. personally where people had seen the word and got thinking, mm-hmm. and some had, had, had actually been converted. In the nature of things, it's almost impossible, though, to track that sort of thing. Yeah, because it's, it's basically a seed. It's not the whole gospel. It's, a, correct. it's not saying it's a, trust Jesus, which in my hometown, somebody wrote on the sidewalks, trust Jesus. But this is more of a seed. It's planting yeah, a funnily seed. Funnily enough, it, it's amazing to say that because Arthur tried a, a few others. Arthur tried for a little while, um, fear God and a few others, but they just had nothing like the resonance mm. of, uh, of eternity. And, of course, it says in the, in the, in the Scripture, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, that eternity is written on it, our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it's there in everyone. And to be reminded of it, that's all you need mm-hmm. to plant that seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it may or may not bear fruit, but... Um, It'll bear enough fruit. It's also an inspiration to existing Christians mm-hmm. that they themselves should come up with their own equivalent. You know, what are you going to do? Mm, yeah. So Arthur, this man who had another aspect of the story I love is this. He'd been trained, well, initially saved and then trained by these extremely erudite Christian men, Hammond, Ridley, Thompson, who'd been to Bible college and had university degrees and so forth. Mm -hmm. But they all said, look, at the end of the day, Arthur reached far more people Mm. than we ever did. And that's the way God works. Um, He uses different talents. And even if you're a down and outer, it doesn't mean you you aren't precious to him Mm -hmm. and ultimately have that potential. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the story of Christianity Yes. The stone that the builders rejected becomes the cornerstone? Correct. Dice is a, a, just Australia's living embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And arguably a greatest ever evangelist, even though he never had any formal theological training. By the end of his life, you know, he was a regular, all of the Bible studies, prayer meetings and so forth, became quite articulate and uh, not to be underestimated. It, it, it really is a multi-layered uh, story. And um, his reach has gone well beyond Australia. I'll just mention one of my favourite little anecdotes. Mm-hmm. In the Eastern European country of Moldova, so formerly part of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. uh, now one of those Eastern European small countries, there is an eternity cafe. Huh. It was set up by Australian missionaries in, in Moldova. Yeah. And part of their work, they'd, they'd started to use Arthur's story 
in their evangelistic efforts. Mm. And they found it resonated. So the, the local Moldovans said, there's two aspects of that story I can relate to, poverty mm. and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you how the reach, the reach of the, of the gospel, but also the reach of the great individual story mm-hmm. yeah. at the most humble level and how people from all cultures around the world can uh, imbibe it and be inspired by it, which is, again, Christianity writ large. It's, yeah. it's the story of the Christian church. It, yeah. it goes everywhere. It appeals to everybody. It's, it's, it has gone out to all nations, and uh, that is a miracle in itself. Mm. Who would have thought at Arthur's <laughs> lowest point he couldn't even get put in jail? I mean, that's yep. how low he was. <laughs> that's right. He couldn't even get put in jail. <laughs> and then fast forward, what, 50, 60 years, 70, and the word that he put all over the sidewalks and places all over Sydney is suddenly being celebrated in the biggest evening in that time, New Year's Eve, 1999. I mean, what a tremendous turnaround in his life and his legacy. Yes, that he never fully knew about, but, uh, well, he does, I'm sure. Well, in heaven, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, not not while on this earth. Mm, But um, he died a happy man. In fact, the story of his death is is lovely too. He lived out his last year or two in, um, in a nursing home, at Hammondville, so that that's that's a suburb that was actually formed by Hammond by by Robert Hammond in mm-hmm. the 1930s, and Hammond Care, the great uh, provider of um, services, is is named after him. Anyway, Arthur died out at Hammondville, and um, and he, all the people who visited him said, you know, he was he was calm, he was ready. He used to make jokes about it. You know, I won't be leaving here under my own steam, but. But that's fine. <laughs> I can still get a few eternities in. And he just, <laughs> right, in the, right in the last weeks of his life, he, he wasn't well, but he, he'd stumble down to the nearest railway station and ride a few more, you know. Wow. Right um, to the end. Right to the end until he couldn't literally couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also spoke to, to the men out there, mm-hmm. got them along to meetings, you know. He was a true soldier to the end. Roy Williams, thank you so much for sharing that fascinating story of Arthur Stace. It's remarkable. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Thank you, Eric. My pleasure. Well, what an incredible story. And to think Arthur Stace's legacy is still continuing today. There's now a documentary called Written in Chalk, The Echo of Arthur Stace. And it features many prominent Australians like Eddie McGuire and others talking about the impact Arthur and the word eternity has had and continues to have on society. To find out more about the documentary, you can go to the website writteninchalk.com. Once again, that's writteninchalk.com. Well, thanks so much for joining us for more of Arthur Stace's story. I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, I'm Eric Scadabo. So long and God bless. You've been listening to Real Faith. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.